Like I said, if you want to write these verses down, you can reference them later. Uh, we're going to be looking at a few different verses. But, you know, it's that time of year, isn't it? The weather's changing. It's been beautiful weather lately. But, but you know, like next weekend, you're going to see a lot of couples go out on dates, right? It's that time of year where love is in the air, right? So if you're single, stay inside for a while, all right? Um, but love is in the air. You're seeing the decorations of the hearts everywhere, and you're seeing everybody trying to, you know, buy their Valentine the perfect gift or to, or to win that one that they've had their eye on, right? You remember those times? Anybody remember making those paper mache things in school? Valentine's boxes, you know, and you would go all out and, and you wanted all the cards and, um, man, I just that time of the year. I'm okay with a little bit of commercialization, all right? I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm okay with a little commercialization even at Christmas time. I love the lights. I love the, the trees and all the decorations, But as I look at some of the buildings I've went in, as I look all over the TV, it's that time of year where love is in the air, and it reminded me of two things. One, the sermon series that we started at the beginning of this year. The sermon series we started at the beginning of the year was from Hebrews chapter uh, 12, right? Where we talked about running the race that God has set before us. Essentially, being the person that God's called me to be. Being the man or being the woman, being the husband or being the wife that God has called you and desires for you to be. And, and we spent a few weeks going over some things that you and I could do this year to, to truly be that person. What it is that I can do, what things do I need to get away from, what things do I need to implement in order to be that person. So I began to think about that, but then I also began to think about the condition of your heart. Your heart we got some hearts on clothes in here. You know, it's just that time of year. What is the condition of your heart? Um, it's fascinating, isn't it, to think about your heart? I tend to believe I've got a good heart. Don't you? I, I tend to believe I have a good heart. I would hope you tend to believe you have a good heart. If not, then that's pretty dark and, and hopeless. I mean, if you think, well, my heart's just corrupt and my heart's just horrible, then, then you're going to admit that you're, you're living in sin and brokenness. But I tend to believe I have a good heart. So then I begin to, to think about what does your heart have to do with me being the person that God's called you to be? And I realize it has a lot more to do than you think. I'm not talking about the condition of your heart if you came in here brokenhearted today, that God would repair it and piece it back together. I'm not talking about the physical contractions of your heart and the blood pumping in and the heart pumping out. I'm not talking about that by any means. I'm talking about the condition of your heart, which is made up of your affections, which is made up of the things that you cherish, which is made up of your desires, which is made up of all of your motivations and your intentions, that your heart really is, Jesus says, out of the mouth speaks, your mouth speaks out of the abundance of your heart. So, So my speech actually comes from my heart. My actions with my hands actually are coming from my heart. So your heart plays a very big part in who you are. So, so here's what I want to do. I want to look at a few verses. And I want to encourage you and plead with you to check the condition of your heart. So as we think about the heart of man, this is what Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says. One of my favorite verses. Probably because it's a little, eh. <laughs> all right. The heart all right, not your physical, you know, beating heart, but your desires, your motivations, your interests, your passions, your affections, your heart, the inner being of who you are and how you operate, 
the, the Bible says that your heart, my heart, the heart of man is deceitful above all things. All right? So if you want anything to follow that will deceive you, follow your heart. All right? So the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. That your heart, my heart, in and of itself, apart from Christ, is deceitful above all things. Above all things. And is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Can you understand why your heart is the way it is? No. Can you understand why those desires keep coming in your mind or the things that you want to act upon? Can you, can you understand why you're tempted and struggle with this temptation but not that temptation? I mean, let's just face it, the, the, the heart of man is wicked and deceitful. Then if you go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, we read this. If then you have been raised with Christ, all right, I have been raised with Christ. I am a born-again believer in Christ. If you are a born-again believer in Christ, you have been raised with Christ, which means that you are no longer bound to sin and the grave and hell. But you've been raised from death to what? Life, right? So if you have been raised with Christ, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul writes, if you have the ESV, you're going to read, seek the things that are above. If you have the NIV, you're going to read, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Let me just ask you a question here. Um, Who here has been saved? Hopefully everyone, but there's a majority of you, let's just face it, that aren't. Who here wishes the moment you came out of the water and put your faith in Christ that you would have lived perfect forever? Right? Wouldn't it have been nice if God would have said, okay, the moment you get saved, you no longer fall to sin. Right? Wouldn't that be perfect? So, so salvation is something I attain through faith in Christ, and he gives to me freely, and is a free gift of eternal life, right? That Christ gives to me. So that moment of conversion, I am saved. I am raised from death. I have been raised then with Christ. Then there's this process of sanctification, which takes place from the moment of conversion until the time of completion. When is that time of completion? When I see him face to face. Whenever I stand before him and am welcomed home into my heavenly home, I can no longer be any more sanctified. I can no longer be any more perfect. I can no longer, you know, overcome this temptation. I am in the presence of Almighty God. So from the moment of conversion to the moment of completion, we go through this process of sanctification where the Word of God, Spirit of God, and people of God are growing us into a greater reflection of Christ. That's the goal. Now, you've been saved, you've been raised with Christ, yet you've fallen short. Anybody here that's been saved ever sinned again? Yeah. Absolutely. Anybody ever here saved... Wonder why, even though I'm saved, I still struggle with that or that. Why do those thoughts keep coming? Why do those desires keep wreaking havoc, havoc in my heart, in my mind? So, so there's this fascinating thing. David, anybody remember King David? Slingshot, cut off Goliath's head, David. Um, David was referred to in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, after he was considered to be a man after God's own what? Heart. Isn't that fascinating? David, 
You remember teenage David goes into the valley to fight Goliath, the giant, and, and he's mad because this Goliath, this giant, this Philistine is defying and, 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 and you know, calling out God and, and you know, condemning the, the Israelites because they were all weak and scared. And he was defying the Lord of lords and, and the King of kings. And, and David goes and he kills Goliath with a stone, well, knocks him out. And then he goes and takes Goliath's sword, cuts his head off. You won't hear that downstairs, will you? No, but we like it. Right, so so he takes him and he takes his sword and he cuts his head off and he's and he's then he's you know Samuel goes to Jesse's house and and he anoints David to be king and David does this great act and he's a hero. David goes into battle numerous times and kills multiple enemies of God and and delivers the people of God. David was a man after God's own heart that won many battles for the Lord. Right? I mean, that's can we all agree on that? So so that's David. But isn't it fascinating that that same man stood on his rooftop one day and saw Bathsheba bathing and said, hey, bring her to me? Remember that? Oh, man, but now we're getting into a part of David that we don't like to talk about. But it's the same heart. It's the same man. He, he's fighting for the Lord and killing giants one minute, and then he sees a woman that is not his wife, but is the wife of another one, commands her to come to the palace. He knows her as a husband and a wife, know each other, and then, guess what? Out of that same heart, he calls for Uriah to come home. Remember the story? Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, comes home. He says, hey, go spend some time with your wife. You deserve it. He says, no, man, I can't. i got to fight. We're at war. I'm not leaving my people like that. So he then gets him drunk and thinks, if I can get him drunk enough, he'll go home. And husband and wife will make up for the time that they've been away. Trust me, I know that to be true, right? I was stationed in North Carolina, where the average age was 19 and a half, and there was more kids than there were people, right? So he thought, if I get him drunk enough, he says, no, I'm not going home. I can't. My people are at war. So then David orders the execution of Uriah. Same man. After God's own heart, then finds himself living in complete opposition to God's way. Isn't that us sometimes? Like, you're here today, and you are on fire to worship, and maybe you even clapped today. Maybe you even sang out loud. But what's your text message thread look like Wednesday? What are your desires Friday night? What does your free time look like next Saturday? See, see this is that battle that we find ourselves in. Because part of me wants to serve the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. But out of the same heart, you find yourself falling short. Out of the same heart that you desire to love the Lord and serve the Lord, is the same heart that desires greed. Out of the same heart that you desire to serve the Lord, is the same heart that desires those flirtatious conversations in the workplace that may cross the line. Out of the same heart that I'm going to sacrifice in my time and my generosity and my money is the same heart that then acts upon things and finds myself in sexual immorality in which I witness an entire family break apart. The same heart. The same heart. Isn't that fascinating? Wouldn't it be, like I said, wouldn't it be really nice if the moment of conversion, God says, okay, now you no longer will sin again. Right? But the Apostle Paul wrote, if you have been raised with Christ, saved, my salvation was given to me, in my past, okay? I didn't come today unsaved. I was saved, but now I'm commanded to what? Seek the things that are where? Above. To set my heart on things above. Presently. To seek things that are above. Did you know that your heart is a gift from God? 
God gives you your emotions. God gives you the, the desires of your heart. God gives you passion for things. God gives you affections to give to people. God gives you so much that sometimes we take for granted or don't know the weight of. So my heart is a gift from God, and my heart can be an incredible asset, right? I mean, my heart can be an incredible asset. Your heart can be an incredible asset. But did you know that your heart can also be possibly your greatest liability? Did you know that? So my heart, let me just tell you where my heart goes. Well, I'll kind of tell you. Do we have time? My heart compels me to come here every single week. It does. It does. But then there's times when my heart compels me to say, hey, I need somebody to fill in. I'm going to stay in bed all day long. It does. Out of the same heart, I have two different desires. There's times where, where I want to feed the homeless and to take care of the widows and the orphans, as James tells us to. And then there's times where I don't have time, where I would rather do this. Same heart. There's times where I would rather, I would give all that I have to the poor, right? There's times that I would give everything that I have. And then there's times where I want all that I can get. Same heart. There's times where I will serve, and there's times where I will give, and there's times where I will be praying, and then there's times where I just want nothing but me. So there's times where I'm humble, and there's times where I'm prideful. Same heart. There's times where I'm generous, there's times where I'm greedy. Same heart. So what you're seeing here, I hope, is what we're getting at, that you can almost be bipolar in your heart, trying to serve the Lord, but then also trying to serve you. And my my fear is that if you aren't careful, one of the two's got to go eventually. It's a lot easier or comforting to you at times to serve you, is it not? Because serving the Lord is sacrificial. Serving the Lord takes discipline. Serving the Lord is stepping outside of your comfort zone. Serving the Lord means that you may not always get to do what pleases you here and now. So it's fascinating, David, man after God's own heart, but then also after Bathsheba at the same time. So if, if I really want to run the race that God set before me, if I really want to be the man that God has called me to be, I could discipline myself, I can lose the weight, I can pray more, but if the condition of my heart is deceiving me, I will be broken. And I will never give to you, I'll never give to her, I'll never give to the girls in my home what it is that they need. So, so the condition of your heart. So the condition of your heart may be bipolar as well. See, because it's from our heart that we have the greatest intentions, right? It's also from our heart that we make our poorest decisions. Same heart. You're the same person here, maybe acting differently or thinking or desiring differently than you do in your free time if you're not careful. See, the, the, the prayer that I have is, though, that you would truly examine the condition of your heart today. What is it that you desire? What is it that you long for? See, because out of the same heart, out of the same person that longs to be at church on Sunday, will neglect family time to work the overtime to pay for the bigger possession to spend more time there, then, then I don't see you for months at a time. Same heart. Same heart will come, ready to open up the word. And then the same heart doesn't have time for that. The same heart that, that longs to see the people in our community changed is the same heart that doesn't have the time of day to give. It's this inner battle that we all face. It's this inner battle. So then, 
fascinating thing about David, he's a man after God's own heart. But then he finds Bathsheba. Then he orders the death of Uriah. And then he's confronted by Nathan. So if you remember the story in Samuel, and then you read the Psalms, David, the, the Psalms are through David's life and other authors, but, but they go along and coincide with the time of First and Second Samuel and the kings, and you're seeing in First and Second Samuel the lifetime of these people, but in the Psalms you're getting all of these writings, and David writes a psalm that I will always cherish, Psalm 51. If you were here a few years ago, I preached a series titled Area 51, talking about the hidden parts of your heart that you don't want anyone to know about, like the government doesn't want us to know about Area 51. It just perfectly aligns with Psalm 51. Psalm 51, you read David after being confronted by Nathan after this heinous act, but still the man after God's own heart. He cries out to the Lord in Psalm 51 verse 10. And do you remember what he, some of you may know this verse. Once I start saying it, you're going to remember it. David cries out, create in me, what? A clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Literally, oh, please, Lord. So, so David in that writing, okay, we're, we're understanding that David is a hero. David is the king of kings in that day. David is F, the alpha male of the universe, People were singing for David, but then he also falls short in sexual immorality, and then he kills his greatest leader in his army, and, 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 then, and then he's confronted in his sinfulness. What does he do? He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. So what he's doing by doing that is he is actually confessing that, yes, there are parts of him that are serving and following God and longing to see God glorified, but then there's parts of him that are broken. There's, he's confessing and creating in me a clean heart, oh God, that there's part of me that just cannot truly measure up to who you are. There's part of me that is sinful. There's part of me that desires these things. There's part of me that desires that. There's part of me that wants to live in this lifestyle. There's part of me that just wants to continue to feed this sinful habit. There's part of me that wants to long to live according to the desires of my flesh. So David pleads with the Lord to create in him a what? Clean heart. You know, it's funny because out of your heart that you extend mercy and grace is the same heart that you talk about people behind their back. Same heart. The same heart that I'm going to spend time praying for you is the same heart I'm going to spend time criticizing and condemning you, right? There's parts of our hearts that are broken. There's part of our hearts that are deceiving us into believing that we may be better than we actually are. So here's my prayer for all of us, is that we would check the condition of our heart. And maybe for you, if you were to say, okay, you know what, there's part of me that desires sinful habits. I'm not going to condemn you, because everybody finds themselves there. Now your sinful habits may be different than mine, or maybe different from your neighbors, but there's part of us, not one person in this place has a perfectly pure heart. That's where the process of sanctification comes in so that God is constantly desiring to transform your heart. The Spirit of God desires to change your heart. That's why the Apostle Paul said those who are in Christ are a new what? Creation. 
We need to be made new. We need for God to truly transform us from the inside out and to give us the desires of our heart. What that means in the Psalms is not that he's going to give me everything I want. He's actually going to implant in me desires that glorify him. Because my heart alone cares nothing else about God's glory. My heart alone is what? Is deceitful and desperately sick. My heart alone desires greed. My heart alone desires immorality. My heart alone desires addictions. My heart alone, and fill in the blank, whatever you desire. So in order to be the man, in order to be the woman that God's called you to be and to truly run this race that he has set before you, you must check the condition of your heart. And not just, yeah, it's beating at this and here's my blood pressure. No, 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 it's far deeper than that. What is it that you desire? What is it that you long to have in your hands? What is it that you chase? What is it that you cherish? What is it that you give all of your energy and your affections for? And if those things do not align with God's word and God's desire for you, then you, unfortunately, are wrong. God's standard is never going to come down to our own imperfections. But our own imperfections must be made perfect through Christ, through the blood of the Lamb that we just sang about, so that I can have in me a clean heart. So as we get ready to pray and conclude, I want you to just really look at what it is that you desire. How is it the way that you speak? What is it that you chase in life? What is it that drives you to be the person that you want to be? If you're here today and you say, you know what, my heart is truly broken. And I mean like, not just because I'm hurting because life is happening to me, but like my heart is truly sinful. There is no greater place to be than right here, right now. Because you can imitate David as he cried out in Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. So if you're here today and you truly desire to love the Lord, you came to church and you say, okay, I'm going to church this year. This, I'm going to get my life back on track this year. I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going, to, I'm going to save this much money this year. I'm going to follow the Lord this year. You can have the greatest intentions, but out of the same heart can come your worst decisions. So my prayer for all of us is that we would truly align the desires of our heart with those that the Lord desires. I I pray that we would all truly check the condition of our heart. And maybe for you, it's time that you confess to the Lord as David did. There's parts of me that I need help in. There's parts of who I am that I'm just constantly drowning in sinfulness. There's parts of who I am that do not glorify you, O Lord. So create in me a clean heart. And may we all truly examine the desires and may they align with those of the Lord so that we can live the rest of our lives running this race that he has set before us to glorify him alone. Let's pray.